Hello, and welcome to Family Folktales from the Nashville Public Library. I'm Susan Poulter, a librarian at the Main Library. Today's story is The Slaying of the Tanuki, a Japanese story found in Andrew Lang's Pink Fairy Book. Near a big river and between two high mountains, a man and his wife lived in a cottage a long, long time ago. A dense forest lay all round the cottage, and there was hardly a path or a tree in the whole wood that was not familiar to the peasant from his boyhood. In one of his wanderings, he had made friends with a hare, and many an hour the two had passed together, when the man was resting by the roadside, eating his dinner. Now this strange friendship was observed by the tanuki, a wicked, quarrelsome beast, who hated the peasant and was never tired of doing him an ill turn. Again and again he had crept to the hut, and finding some choice morsel put away for the little hare, had either eaten it, if he thought it nice, or trampled it to pieces so that no one else should get it. And at last the peasant lost patience and made up his mind he would have the tanuki's blood. So for many days the man lay hidden, waiting for the tanuki to come by. And when one morning he marched up the road, thinking of nothing but the dinner he was going to steal, the peasant threw himself upon him and bound his forelegs tightly so that he could not move. Then he dragged his enemy joyfully to the house, feeling that at length he had got the better of the mischievous beast, which had done him so many ill turns. He shall pay for them with his skin, he said to his wife. We will first kill him and then cook him. So saying, he hanged the tanuki head downwards to a beam and went out to gather wood for a fire. Meanwhile, the old woman was standing at the mortar, pounding the rice that was to serve them for the week with a pestle that made her arms ache with its weight. Suddenly she heard something whining and weeping in the corner, and, stopping her work, she looked round to see what it was. That was all that the rascal wanted, and he put on directly his most humble air, and begged the woman in his softest voice to loosen his bonds, which were hurting him sorely. She was filled with pity for him, but did not dare to set him free, as she knew that her husband would be very angry. The tanuki, however, did not despair, and seeing that her heart was softened, began his prayers anew. He only asked to have his bonds taken from him, he said. He would give his word not to attempt to escape, and if he was once set free, he could soon pound her rice for her. Then you can have a little rest, he went on, for rice pounding is very tiring work and not at all fit for a weak woman. These last words melted the good woman completely, and she unfastened the bonds that held him. Poor foolish creature! In one moment the tanuki had seized her, stripped off all her clothes, and popped her in the mortar. In a few minutes more she was pounded as fine as the rice, and, not content with that, the tanuki placed a pot on the hearth and made ready to cook the peasant a dinner from the flesh of his own wife. 
When everything was complete, he looked out of the door and saw the old man coming from the forest, carrying a large bundle of wood. Quick as lightning, the tanuki not only put on the woman's clothes, but, as he was a magician, assumed her form as well. Then he took the wood, kindled the fire, and very soon set a large dinner before the old man, who was very hungry and had forgotten for the moment all about his enemy. But when the tanuki saw that he had eaten his fill and would be thinking about his prisoner, he hastily shook off the clothes behind a door and took his own shape. Then he said to the peasant, You are a nice sort of person to seize animals and to talk of killing them. You are caught in your own net. It is your own wife that you have eaten, and if you want to find her bones, you have only to look under the floor. With these words, he turned and made for the forest. The old peasant grew cold with horror as he listened, and seemed frozen to the place where he stood. When he had recovered himself a little, he collected the bones of his dead wife, buried them in the garden, and swore over the grave to be avenged on the tanuki. After everything was done, he sat himself down in his lonely cottage and wept bitterly, and the bitterest thought of all was that he would never be able to forget that he had eaten his own wife. While he was thus weeping and wailing, his friend the hare passed by, and hearing the noise pricked up his ears and soon recognized the old man's voice. He wondered what had happened, and put his head in at the door and asked if anything was the matter. With tears and groans, the peasant told him the whole dreadful story, and the hare, filled with anger and compassion, comforted him as best he could and promised to help him in his revenge. The false knave shall not go unpunished, said he. So the first thing he did was to search the house for materials to make an ointment, which he sprinkled plentifully with pepper and then put in his pocket. Next he took a hatchet, bade farewell to the old man, and departed to the forest. He bent his steps to the dwelling of the tanuki and knocked at the door. The tanuki, who had no cause to suspect the hare, was greatly pleased to see him, for he noticed the hatchet at once, and began to lay plots how to get hold of it. To do this, he thought he had better offer to accompany the hare, which was exactly what the hare wished and expected, for he knew all the tanuki's cunning and understood his little ways. So he accepted the rascal's company with joy, and made himself very pleasant as they strolled along. When they were wandering in this manner and through the forest, the, the hare carelessly raised his hatchet in passing and cut down some thick boughs that were hanging over the path. But at length, after cutting down a good tree, which cost him many hard blows, he declared that it was too heavy for him to carry home, and he must just leave it where it was. This delighted the greedy tanuki, who said that they would, there would, they, they would be no weight for him. So they collected the large branches which, had, which the hare bound tightly on his back. Then he trotted gaily to the house, the hare following after with his lighter bundle. By this time the hare had decided what he would do, and as soon as they arrived, he 
he quietly set on fire the wood on the back of the tanuki. The tanuki, who was busy with something else, observed nothing and only called out to ask what was the meaning of the crackling that he heard. It's just the rattle of the stones which are rolling down the side of the mountain, the hare said. And the tanuki was content and made no further remarks, never noticing that the noise really sprang from the burning boughs on his back, until his fur was in flames, and it was almost too late to put it out. Shrieking with pain, he let fall the burning wood from his back, and stamped and howled with agony. But the hare comforted him, and told him that he always carried with him an excellent plaster in case of need, which would bring him instant relief, and taking out his ointment, he spread it on a leaf of bamboo and laid it on the wound. No sooner did it touch him than the tanuki leapt, yelling into the air, and the hare laughed and ran to tell his friend, the peasant, what a trick he had played on their enemy. But the old man shook his head sadly, for he knew that the villain was only crushed for the moment and that he would shortly be revenging himself upon them. No, the only way ever to get any peace and quiet was to render the tanuki harmless forever. Long did the old man and the hare puzzle together how this was to be done, and at last they decided that they would make two boats, a small one of wood and a large one of clay. Then they fell to work at once, and when the boats were ready and properly painted, the hare went to the tanuki, who was still very ill, and invited him to a great fish-catching. The tanuki was still feeling angry with the hare about the trick he had played on him, but he was weak and very hungry, so he gladly accepted the proposal and accompanied the hare to the bank of the river where the two boats were moored, rocking by the waves. They both looked exactly alike, and the tanuki only saw that one was bigger than the other and would hold more fish. So he sprang into the large one, while the hare climbed into the one which was made of wood. They loosened their moorings, and made for the middle of the stream, and when they were at some distance from the bank, the hare took his oar and struck such a heavy blow at the other boat that it broke in two. The tanuki fell straight into the water, and was held there by the hare till he was quite dead. Then he put the body in his boat and rowed to land and told the old man that his enemy was dead at last. And the old man rejoiced that his wife was avenged, and he took the hare into his house, and they lived together all their days in peace and quietness upon the mountain. That was The Slaying of the Tanuki, from Andrew Lang's Pink Fairy Book. Special thanks to Ginger Sands for our theme music. You can find more of Ginger's music at iTunes or on her website at www.gingersands.com. And if you'd like to comment on today's story, send me an email. I can be reached at susan.polter, that's P-O-U-L-T-E-R at Nashville.gov Thanks for listening.